0: Hello, everyone. This is the Daily DC Impeachment Watch. Every night, we've got you covered with up-to-the-minute reporting and analysis into this historic inquiry. I'm Zach Wolf, a senior writer at CNN and publisher of CNN's Impeachment Watch newsletter, which you can subscribe to at CNN.com slash impeachment. Today, I'm filling in for the regular host of this podcast, David Chalian. In a few minutes, we'll be talking with Lisa Monaco. She is a senior uh, national security analyst for CNN. And more importantly, she was the Homeland Security and counterterrorism advisor to President Obama in the White House. But first, I'm joined by my colleague, CNN reporter and producer, Marshall Cohen. Welcome back to the podcast. Marshal. Thank you, Zach. Um, it says here that you're a CNN reporter and producer, but for me, you are the great repository of all knowledge about, uh, really about Russia, uh, the inquiry there, and now about uh, the impeachment inquiry. And we, we come to you now at the end of this essentially two-week-long presentation. Right. that Democrats made to the public about um, the reasons to impeach President Trump. And he, uh, this morning, went on Fox News, and he talked for about an hour. But he said something that I think is really interesting about every single witness that testified against him. Um, let's take a listen to that. In fact, they asked these terrible witnesses yesterday. Again, I don't even know these people. You know, I come to Washington, so you've had Bush, and you have— Never Trumpers. So you have Bush, you have Clinton, you have Obama. So you have 24 years of people in positions, right? Then I come in with no experience, which is a good thing, but I know life. And I come in and I end up with thousands of people that are never Trumpers, right? Clinton people. I find this to be extremely interesting on Trump's part because. You know, what we've seen displayed at these hearings are not partisan people. Um, these are and if they are partisan, many of them, I suspect, are Republicans, uh, potentially, although, you know, certainly working OK, working in a Republican administration and not only that Donald Trump's administration. But here in one soundbite, President Trump has essentially dismissed, I think, the entire federal government as
1: essentially being against him. Do you think that's his, you know, viewpoint? Well, it's pretty telling after two weeks of testimony, one witness after another, that the president is, is essentially trying to dismiss all of it out of hand. He wouldn't be doing that if he thought that there was a lot of good stuff in there that he could use for his own defense, right? So he's trying to cast aside these witnesses as never-Trumpers, as partisans, as liars, um, because... I think at this moment, the strategy for the White House is to cast all these people aside, reshape the narrative around the facts that they want to highlight, and some non-facts, some conspiracy theories as well. Um, You know, like the conspiracy that the president was hinting at in that uh, Fox and Friends segment, where basically leaning into the idea that that there's a a massive deep state out there. And it's not just... I mean, you and I and, and people out in the country
0: might think of this as Republicans versus Democrats, because that's what you see on Capitol Hill. You see Republicans on one side of the committee and Democrats on the uh, on the other side of the committee. Donald Trump doesn't see it that way. He, see it, he sees it as people who are with him or people who are against him right. because he lumps in here essentially everybody who worked for George W. Bush which is a lot of Republicans out there. And, and this kind of worldview, it's you're either with me or you're against me. Right. I think that's one of the more
1: jarring aspects. Well, I mean, I kind of understand the perspective because Donald Trump spent the entire 2016 campaign watching much of the Republican establishment uh, line up against him. Uh, and, you know, someone else might say, okay, look, I know that's what you said, but, you know, let's all work together to get my stuff done and to get these priorities enacted. Obviously, Donald Trump is somebody who holds a grudge. He uh, never seems to let the small things go, even a difference of opinion. But, yeah, you know, look at the people he's talking about. He's talking about people like Gordon Sondland, who donated a million dollars to his inauguration. He's talking about Kurt Volker, who, you know, he handpicked to go deal with the situation In Ukraine, the war in Ukraine. Um, Tim Morrison is no Democrat. He's a national. He was a National Security Council official. um, You know that was brought into the administration. So yeah, I mean it's sort of like some of this down is up situation where you've got some people that are on Trump's team, or at least used to be, working for him, and the minute that they say something that doesn't fit his narrative. You're gone, you're never trumper, you're a liar, cetera.
0: yeah, I thought that was really interesting, and Fiona Hill also I think m- briefly worked for the Obama administration, but was largely out of um out of, out of government during that period, so you know she is also pretty interesting you i think are are maybe uniquely qualified to to answer this as the person who gathered all of our information on the Russia inquiry, one of the things that she most effectively did was undercut this idea that it was Ukraine and not Russia um, that was meddling in the
1: 2016 election. Do you think what she said is going to change any minds out there? Let's just, let's give her her due first. I think she prosecuted that case uh, remarkably. I think she she went up to the committee and called out members of the committee who have been spreading these lies. That takes courage because you know that they're going to come right back at you, and they're in charge, right? You're on their turf, not yours. And so uh, she did a very impressive job there, and let's also be clear that she probably understands this situation a lot more than any of those lawmakers. Um, She's written a book about
0: Vladimir Putin. She's been
1: working as a national security expert for so long. You, You just listen to these these people, you know, in Congress, and you listen to her for about five minutes, and you can get a very clear distinction of who knows what they're talking about, and who doesn't. Um, Zach, you said, is it going to change any minds? Uh, probably not, right? The cake is pretty baked on this. But I think, unless you're a very serious pro-Trump partisan, you understand that Russia meddled in the 2016 election in an unprecedented fashion, using hackers and bots and trolls to manipulate public opinion here and potentially tip the scales of the election. That's what she was saying. And she was also saying that anybody who is trying to pin the blame on Ukraine is actually further doing the bidding of the Russian government, because not only did the Russians do all this in 2016, but then they created this conspiracy that they didn't do it. I I think one other thing
0: that she did was a good thing for President Trump. She made clear that Russians are just trying to meddle. Um, And while the intelligence community has said they were trying to help her and hurt Clinton, she didn't dispute that. But she did make clear that the Russians are just trying to create
1: chaos. That ultimately is is their goal. I think most people agree, and the U.S. intelligence community put out their report in 2017 saying that, you know, it may have started as a typical Russian, you know, plot to continue undermining the U.S. in every which way possible, and as the campaign morphed over time, and as Trump became more and more viable, and as he became the nominee, their, their, uh, their meddling changed as well, you know, but... I think Fiona Hill was obvious, it was blatantly obvious that she is not a partisan because she said things that, you know, if Trump wants to latch on to some things that she said, he could. If the Democrats want to point to some of the things that she said as good for their case, they can do that too. So it was obvious that she's not partisan because she she really took it right down the middle and explained the situation in a way that um, really adheres closely to the facts.
0: Okay, Marshall, we've got a lot more to discuss. Plus, national security expert Lisa Monaco is joining the conversation. She can bring an uh, Obama administration perspective to all of this. But first, this quick break. Welcome back to the Daily DC Impeachment Watch. I'm Zach Wolf. Marshall Cohen is still with me. And we're pleased to welcome CNN National Security Analyst, Lisa Monaco. Thanks for joining us, Lisa. Great to be with you. You are, as I said, a CNN National Security Analyst, but more importantly, you were the Homeland Security and Counterterrorism um, advisor to President Obama in the White House. So you know a thing or two about you know what was going on with regards to Russian election interference. Um, but maybe even more important for this conversation, you were uh, involved as a, as a federal prosecutor. Yep. That's right. Um, And what we've just seen is not not a trial. (laughs) It was it was uh, impeachment is essentially an indictment. The actual trial we have that to wait for, ladies and gentlemen, would happen in the Senate if uh, they actually impeach President Trump in the House. But it was sort of this public hearing of sorts, where Democrats brought in fact witnesses like Fiona Hill, um, like Gordon Sondland, who essentially testified. um, It was, in in other words, a a trial in the court of public opinion. And as such, we had at the end of it, I think, a pretty good uh, set of closing arguments. Um, And, uh, you know, first, I want to play a little bit of sound here, first from Devin Nunes and then from Adam Schiff. And this sort of, you know, puts their argument for either why this Was a total sham, or why impeachment is warranted into just a couple of sentences. Let's take a listen first to Devin Nunes talk for Republicans.
2: What
1: you've seen in this room over the past two weeks is a show trial. The planned result of three years of political operations and dirty tricks, campaigns waged against this president. And like any good show trial, The verdict was decided before the trial ever began.
0: Okay, that's Devin Nunes saying this basically was a sham and uh, the fix is in. And here we have Adam Schiff, who is uh, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee uh, from California, talking about what we learned. The difference between then and now is not the difference between Nixon and Trump. It's the difference between that Congress and this one. And so we we are asking, where is Howard Baker? Where is Howard Baker? Where are the people who are willing to go beyond their party to look to their duty? OK, so, you know, at the end of the day, it will be Republican senators who decide uh, President Trump's fate. We're assuming right now that the House votes to impeach uh, President Trump. And then there's a trial in the Senate. Um, and, and, and so, you know, this is a very small jury, essentially, that should have been watching this uh, this this process play out. Um, you you watched a lot of this. Do you think that Democrats made the case that President Trump should be impeached and removed from office?
2: Well, look, a few things. One, the, the language — you talked about the language before we listened to those clips — the, the language and, and the terms we're using are, yes, mirror what we talk about when we talk about trials and indictments in our criminal justice process. But people should be very clear, the rules of evidence are not applicable in the House procedure and in the hearings that we saw in the last two weeks, Um, although there was a lot of uh, talking points um, used, uh, particularly by the Republicans, uh, trying to make people believe that there were some due process violations, et cetera, et cetera, um, wanting to put into this some, some notion of a criminal trial. That's not what was going on in the House. It was a fact-finding investigation. And you saw witness after witness after witness come forward and say quite specifically, I am here simply as a fact witness. I don't have a view or a dog in this fight as to which way this comes out. And I'm here to provide my perspective. And so what I think you saw, uh, and speaking as kind of a former federal prosecutor, what I saw was a very methodical building of a case, brick by brick by brick, um, from witnesses. And interestingly, Zach, not just democratic, quote unquote, witnesses, in other words, not just witnesses called by the majority, but indeed, Kurt Volker um, was, for instance, a, a witness that the minority Asked to come forward, so this was not a um, uh, th- this was a process that was kind of very methodical in bringing forward facts and eliciting facts from individuals who were deeply involved in the events uh, that were um, being talked about. And I think what you saw was a methodical building, brick by brick. It will be up to the uh, senators, as you said, to conduct a trial um, and render a quote-unquote verdict. But I do think what you saw was a series of clear elicitation of facts demonstrating an abuse of power. And the flip side is also, I think, giving people an education from career professionals Foreign Service officers for, with decades and decades of experience showing, frankly, how national security and foreign policy um, decisions should be administered and um, just the tremendous deviation from that process that they talked about.
0: But we only saw, if, if you're going to, you know, carrying the analogy a little further, we only saw the prosecution. Because the White House has decided essentially to block, uh, you know, access to documents. They didn't offer witnesses. I, for one, would love to hear what John Bolton has to say, what Mike Pompeo has to say, what Mike Pence has to say. We only saw one side of this. Do you, and, and that is how Trump is now able to say, Trump and Devin Nunes are able to say this is a sham. Is that going to be effective at the end of the day? Can they essentially block it and ignore it and make it go away?
2: Well, look, like any good defense attorney, you're exactly right. They they will point to the absence of you know firsthand accounts, um, which is a which is something we heard a lot of in the last couple of weeks. Um, uh, defenders of the president saying we don't we haven't heard from anyone directly involved in these conversations. Of course, with the exception of Gordon Sondland, which was quite a bombshell uh, for the people watching this. Uh, but as you as you point out, that's because all of the cards, if you will were being held by uh, the White House um, in directing these individuals like John Bolton and others not to Participate. So, um, what's very interesting, what you saw in the testimony of Laura Cooper, is when provided the opportunity to give her recitation uh, and to add additional facts based on the recollection that she had refreshed by her staff, she was able to bring forward new facts, new emails that she referenced. And but for her testimony, because the State Department and the White House have withheld any documents, um, we wouldn't have those facts. In evidence, so to she's see. the
0: defense department official who was able to say that there were concerns from Ukrainians and from the State Department and the House on the day that President Trump talked to President Zelensky about the aid being held up.
1: Right? You know what's interesting about that? I watched that part with uh, my eyes wide open. I, the alarm bells were going off. You know, oh my goodness, there's new information uh, that should be followed up on, but. You know, this is a political process. This is not the uh, U.S. Attorney for Washington, D.C., who would probably immediately upon hearing that, right? If a criminal investigator upon hearing that would say, okay, I got to talk to all those staffers, I got to get all those emails, and we got to figure out what happened. But what's happening on Capitol Hill? It looks like Democrats, they want to move on to the next phase, right? They're writing, they're going to start writing a report move it over to the Judiciary Committee for a potential impeachment vote. I think there are still some leads to follow up on. But the schedule, the Democrats don't don't want to slow this down. They need to get this out the door by Christmas. so it Well, highlights they want
0: to get it out the door by Christmas. They want to talk to other things. They don't
1: need to talk. talk in their view, they need to, because if they don't get this going by January, it's going to start interfering with the Iowa caucuses in February. And they need to get their senators out there To go campaign and to help get their own nominee, you know, off the ground. So, but yes, I mean, that's their goal. They don't actually need to, but they feel political pressure in ways that in some ways does actually hamper the process. Okay,
0: Lisa Monaco, I want to I want you to leave us with a parting thought here about how you feel about our national security after watching these hearings. You know, Fiona Hill is gone, John Bolton is gone, you, you, and, and we don't exactly know what's going on in the White House right now with regard to, you know, how, how the White House is treating Ukraine, how they're treating Russia. It's kind of stressful. (laughs) Right.
2: I mean, as somebody who spent many, many, many hours in the situation room running interagency processes of the type that Fiona Hill talked about um, trying to administer with regard to Ukraine policy, but which was, as she described, diverged with what she called a domestic political errand. um, What we saw in very stark relief from the testimony this week and last week was Um, the departure from any norm, from any national security process when it comes to um, foreign policy making. And it is critically important to have That rigorous process run by experts, informed by uh, experts and subject matter experts and those with deep experience in the Foreign Service, in the diplomatic corps, etc., that's what you need. And that's what you saw witness after witness after witness say was not at play or was frustrated by those pursuing a domestic political errand.
0: And bringing it back to the beginning, those are exactly the people that President Trump rejects, Republican, Democrat, anyone as Never Trumpers, essentially. Lisa Marshall, thank you so much for joining me on the Daily DC Impeachment Watch. And thanks to our listeners. We've got a new episode every weeknight. So please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Google Podcasts, Spotify, or on your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, leave us a rating. It really does help people find the show. We'll see you next week.